Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. It's silly to be depressed by it. I mean, one thinks of it like being alive in a box. One keeps forgetting to take into account the fact that one is dead, which should make all the difference, shouldn't it? I mean, you'd never know you were in a box, would you? It would just be like you were asleep in a box. Not that I'd like to be sleep in a box, mind you. Not without any air. You'd wake up dead for a start, and then where would you be? Uh, in a box. That's the bit I don't like, frankly. That's why I don't think of it, because you'd be helpless, wouldn't you? Stuffed in a box like that. I mean, you'd be in there forever, even taking into account the fact that you're dead. It isn't a pleasant thought, especially if you're dead, really. I mean, ask yourself, if I asked you straight off, I'm going to stuff you in this box. Now, would you rather be alive or dead? Naturally, you'd prefer to be alive. Life in a box is better than no life at all, I expect. You'd have a chance, at least. That... If you are <laughs> tuning in for the first time, Jonathan is, uh, always starts off the episode with a quote, and that is now the longest quote on record <laughs> to begin an episode of Tech Stuff. It's also one of my favorite plays in the whole wide world. All right. Well, let us know uh, if you can identify the source of the quote, as always. Um, I was going to say something about living in a box, living in a cardboard box. <laughs> nice. But that yeah. would have been... Yeah. Anyway, so today we actually are going to talk about things that are, in fact, square. Yep. Uh, in a way, they're a little square, too, in the slang sense. Yes. Uh, because we're just talking about, you know, what's there in black and white. Encoded information in the form of a QR code. QR meaning quick response. Yes. Um I guess we should probably give a little background, kind of do a little backtracking before we actually talk about QR codes and maybe talk about barcodes. Yep, that that's true. Um, also, we've had several people mention this over the course of tech stuff, and uh, it's sort of, I think, come up for Jonathan and me both lately in real life. Sort of a, oh yeah, look at that. They're they're sort of showing up everywhere. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we decided to go ahead and tackle it. And barcodes. Um, if you've just finished our episodes on IBM, uh, IBM was actually where the traditional, uh, you know, vertical series of vertical line barcodes uh, first made their appearance. Yeah, and and the concept is is deceptively simple. It's the idea that you you create this series of lines, and then you have a scanner. The scanner uses light to to uh, bounce off of that series of lines, and technically, it's just bouncing off the white spaces in between the lines, and the the width uh, uh, between the lines determines what information is encoded there. And so by standardizing this information, you can make this series of lines and you can create a uh, a, a, a digital code there. You, you scan it and it, it converts that physical format into a digital uh, digital information. Mm-hmm. Now with barcodes, that information is somewhat limited to around 20 characters or so. And that's a problem if you want to store more information than just 20 characters. It's great if you want to do things like create an inventory. So lots of, uh, lots of retailers have used uh, these barcodes to create inventories. Yes. In fact, it's known as the UPC or universal product code. 
Yeah. So that allows you to uh, establish, all right, everything that bears this barcode is this product. And then you can further go on to define everything that is this product is this price. And this this was a, a huge boon for retailers when uh, people would purchase lots of goods. Uh, you have a scanner set up. The scanner is practically instantaneous, right? I mean, it just takes the speed of light, the the speed that the light takes to go from the scanner to hit the code and bounce back to the the photo sensors that are part of the scanner. Uh, that's you know, it just takes an instant, which is why you know it seems crazy to us. All we have to do is hold up this little series of bars up to uh, a screen, and then almost it it seems like it's instantaneous. Beep! There goes the price. And, um, uh, of course, unless there's some problem with the barcode, in which case you scan, you scan, you scan, you rub it against something, you scan it again, then eventually you, you type in physically the, the series of numbers underneath the barcode, uh, to, into the computer so you can register your purchase. Uh, the, those series of numbers, that's actually what is encoded in that barcode. There's not, there've been conspiracy theories about things that have been encoded in barcodes, but, Really, barcodes just cannot hold the sort of information, nor is there any real way of of es- establishing that that product belongs to you, the person, unless you're you've also got like a um, frequent buyer's card type thing. Right, right. Yeah, it's 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 useful um, for inventory keeping, as you pointed out. Yep. That's that's why it was created. Um, the thing is, you know, if you have a, a store. Um, and this is something w- that we've mentioned before and other people have mentioned before about uh, the difference in Internet retailers and physical what they call brick-and-mortar stores. Yeah. There are only so many items that you can hold in most brick-and-mortar stores. Even the super stores, I would sure, say, sure. you're not going to exhaust um, – I mean, I, it would be hard to hold a variety of, of stuff in a brick and mortar store that would exhaust the number of UPC codes that you might use. Yeah. Yes, no, that was redundant UPC code. You're talking about 20 digit number. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of digits. So, but yeah. then, but then there are times when you would like to have a way to store more information. Yeah, it might be that uh, you want to be able to create um, uh, something that can allow you to to categorize and subcategorize and sub subcategorize a product uh, or a piece. Um, let's say that you are a car manufacturing plant. I am and, a car manufacturing plant, and you have very many uh, pieces that you have to keep track of for an individual car, and you make several different models of cars. So therefore, you have a, a plethora. If you will, a plethora of car parts. Do you know what a plethora means? <laughs> um, so yeah, you've got all these different p- parts and pieces, and they all fit in different ways. And you need to be able to encode that information so you make it very uh, efficient. Well, the barcode may not give you the flexibility you need because it, we call the barcode a one D code, meaning that the direction is encoded or the information is encoded in one direction. Right. All right, so that one direction would be the fact, you know, that these little gaps between the bars, that's where the info is encoded. You would want to create a different encoding device, something that perhaps is a 2D code. And 2D means that you can, you, the information's encoded both horizontally and vertically. So now you've got a much larger uh, playing ground where you can create um, far more detailed information encoding than you could with a barcode. Yeah. That was, uh, and the idea of the come up that that Toyota came up with um 
actually a Toyota subsidiary called Denso Wave. Uh, back in 1994, they came up with this concept of a QR code, which was a type of 2D code. Now, we should also stress, QR code is not the only kind of 2D code. There are no. others as well. Uh, UPS uses a 2D code, I believe, um, on their packaging, but it's not a QR code. It's similar to it. Um, it's uh, the maxi code. That's the one they use. Um, so... But the concept is is very much the same. It's the idea that you have this, and you've probably seen these. It's the that that box with all the little black dots in it. Yes, it, it looks like uh, there's usually three boxes that are uh, well. There's always three boxes. There's three boxes that are that have a little border around them uh, at at the top right, top left, and bottom left corners. And then uh, if you look carefully, you might see that there's a tinier little dot uh, that's a little bit set in from the bottom right corner that also has a, a little border around it. Well, that's a QR code. And the, inf- the information that can be stored in a QR code far outstrips that of a barcode. Yes. Now, some people have said that they are 3D codes. They're not because, you know, really they're square and they're flat. So yeah. they're not... Uh, when they say 2D, they're they're not talking about dimensions. They are 2D, but yeah. they're uh, but they but remember what Jonathan was just saying is directions. And uh, yes, it, it because of the di- different directions. I think some people sort of started calling them that, but that's a that's just sort of a slang term, and it's not really uh, technically correct. Yeah, yeah, when referring to it, but I have heard them called that. Um, and yes, it does add some some serious dimension to it. Um, now, uh, you know, there is, as Jonathan said, some limitation, uh, to the amount of information, even at the size it is. But QR codes have, have, uh, sort of moved out into the public eye, not just for use at, uh, you know, at Denso Wave and Toyota. Um, they've actually sort of started to become a lot more popular, uh, here in the United States, I would say probably over the last 18 months or so. Yeah. In Japan, they've been popular for a while, but, uh, the reason why they've been popular longer in Japan than in the United States is that in Japan, smartphone adoption, uh, started much earlier in Japan than in the United States. And here's the neat thing about these QR codes. Uh, if you have a phone that has a camera in it and it's capable of running apps, then you can create an app that can read QR codes. And because smartphones also have web connectivity ability as well as other uh, abilities, you can design a QR code so that uh, you know you, you create a scanner that uses your phone's camera to uh, to capture the image of the QR code. It analyzes the QR code. And then translates that into whatever the QR code is, is encoded to do. So it might be a, uh, a website. So let's say that you create, um, an advertisement for some sort of product and you, uh, uh, you know, you have a QR code right there and you use your smartphone to, to capture that information and then it takes you to the website for that product. Or perhaps it takes you to a video showing that product being used by someone. So, you know, you might look at a product and say, why would I ever want that? And there's a little QR code and you're like, all right, whatever, I'll, I'll see what this has to do with it. And it, there might be actually a video there that shows you what that product is good for. And maybe that convinces you to buy it. So it's it's added a new dimension to to advertisement. But that, And even then, that's not the only thing QR codes are being used for. But it's a very popular one. That's that's true. Um yeah, it's funny because, uh, um, you, you can also use it as sort of a note, uh, to yourself too. Um, 
you know, when you're seeing something out in public and you go, oh, I, I need to remember that. I want to look up, you know, look that up for more information later. Uh, well, you know, if you, you scan the QR code and add it to your phone, um, then you can, you know, save that for later. At least the application in my phone will allow me to, uh, store some for later so that I can go back and look it up. But yeah, I was, uh, according, according to Denso, um, the QR code has a maximum numeric capacity of 7,089 characters. Yeah. Um, alphanumeric is 4,296. Yeah. Um, and if you want to store, uh, kanji, you can also do that as well, although it can hold, uh, 1,817. Kanji characters. Kanji characters. But uh, that's still, that's still very impressive and you can store quite a lot of information about something. And I can see lots of interesting applications, particularly in things like alternate reality games to use QR codes. For example, oh, yeah. um, if you guys are familiar with alternate reality games at all, these are the games that often are, are created by a marketing firm to, uh, to be part of a, a guerrilla marketing campaign for something else. Uh, one of the, uh, popular ones, uh, was along with um, it was called the Beast, and it was part of the um, the marketing push for the film AI. Yeah, we talked about that in a, a previous episode, yeah. and I mean way previous. So, so these these games they they bridge the gap between reality and fantasy. You, you know, you you usually take an active part in uh, trying to uh, play a role within a fantasy setting, but you're doing it through real life actions. And that might be as simple as sending an email, or it may mean that you fill out some information and occasionally you get phone calls from characters within the game and you in, in real life have an impact on fictional characters within the game. And it's a very, uh, flexible, malleable type of gaming. And it's, it's kind of exciting because it means that you get to play a part that's, that's akin to what we think of as you know, secret agents, right? It's kind of like this, this crazy conspiracy ridden world where you are one of the people who are uh, running around trying to, to solve the world's problems and things you do have real impact and it makes you feel like a hero and it's kind of awesome. Uh, well, QR codes could play a big part in that. I mean, imagine that you create a movie that's all about conspiracy theories and you create the posters for this movie and you have in the corner of the poster a little QR code. And if you scan the QR code with a, a smartphone, then it pulls up maybe a page of information. You've got, you've got 4,000 alphanumeric characters you can play with. You might have a secret message in there directed to people who are going to take the time to scan that. Or it may send you to a website that starts you on this journey. And it's a great way to pull people in. And the thing about, the thing, one of the reasons why advertisers love QR codes is because even though it only hits a small percentage of the population, uh, you know, only a fraction of the people who see an advertisement with a QR code are going to take the time to actually scan that QR code, right? Right. But that section of the population is the, are the people you want to go for. Because one, they are engaged. They're interested enough in whatever is going on to take the time to scan that. So you already have their attention. Two, they are at least somewhat affluent because they have a device capable of scanning a QR code. So it's insidious, right? You've got this engaged, somewhat wealthy, or at least uh, they have some discretionary income, uh, this audience here. That's who you want when you're selling stuff. Yep. So uh, in a way, we're playing to their um, – to their game. And also, we should keep in mind that if it's a QR code where you are using it to, to navigate to a web page, 
they can timestamp when you come to their web page and they can even get the information depending on, on the way they've, they've coded the page to know when and approximately where you are when you navigate to that, that, uh, website. So now they, they have even more information on you. So they know one, you're engaged, two, you are, you have enough money to have a smartphone. Three, they know what time you visited the site and four, where you are. Hmm. Now, now that's not so scary to the point where, you know, you're going to have guys in black suits knock on your door in the middle of the night and escort you to a secret military base, unless you're playing a really cool alternate reality game. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's one of those things where, you know, you got to remember, like, yeah, th- these things are fun and they give you a lot of information, but they don't just give you a lot of information. Yeah. They give the people behind the QR code a little information. It might not be a lot. It may not be enough to invade your privacy, but it's still something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, the people who are collecting this type of information don't, are, they're not really interested in, in doing those things. They want marketing information because for them, it's more valuable anyway. Yeah. And it's a sure thing. So let's talk a little bit about how this actually works because it's kind of interesting. Okay. Um, there are different zones on a QR code and there are different, uh, boxes that, that mean different things. So those, those three larger boxes that are in the, the corners, the, or three of the corners, the, the, again, the top right, top left and bottom left. Yes. Those corners, that, that's, that's a, those are positioning. So it helps identify the fact that yes, this is a QR code. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, the smaller box is in the bottom right corner. It's inset a little bit, uh, but it's got its own little board around it. That's an alignment, uh, box. And that helps the, the software determine, uh, the angle that the camera is at because that's one thing, right? You can't predict how a person's going to hold the camera when they take up an image of a QR code. That's right. So, the QR code has to be readable from various angles and distances. Otherwise, it's not useful. If, if you always had to be directly above the QR code at a specific distance, it would be, it wouldn't be, uh, user friendly enough for it to, to have wide adoption. Mm-hmm. So, Using the, the distance and the orientation of these boxes in relation to one another, the software on your scanner – and your scanner, again, is just a piece of software that's on your smartphones using your camera. The software can determine the orientation of that QR code, the angle, and then be able to take that into account when reading the other dots that are further in the center. That's where the actual data is encoded. Um, it, 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 you know, just based upon which areas are covered in black ink and which ones aren't, that's where it learns, you know, this is what it translates into this, this particular kind of information. Uh, but it has to be able to determine that orientation and angle first or else, uh, the distance may not seem quite right. You know, it may look like two, two blocks of black ink are further apart than they actually are, which would, in, that would, that would mean that it would, uh, uh, identify the information incorrectly if that were the case. So, uh, there's actually some error correction in this QR software as well. Yes, as a matter of fact, you can do damage to the QR code and within a reasonable amount of damage. Yeah. The QR code can still be read because of the error correction. Yeah. Without that error correction, then you would have some real problems whenever, let's say that you put a, a poster with a QR code, but you put it on, say, a, um, uh, a, a, a light post. Yeah. Or, or a telephone pole. Right. Um, now, so now you're talking about a surface that's curved. It's no longer a flat surface. Well, that could, uh, that could make the, the QR code, 
uh, look a little funky to the camera. But the error correction in the QR software is more often than not capable of taking that into account and still giving you the correct information on that QR code, assuming that no one's gone in and like used a black marker to black out half of the code. Right. So it's it's a very robust kind of software, and it's a uh, a very simple um, uh, code actually. Uh, if you, I mean, it, it's not hard to build an application that can actually encode information in the QR format. In fact, there are plenty out there that let you do it for free. Yeah, I uh, I've created several QR codes just for fun. Uh, I just used a website um, that you can, and there are several out there that you you can just plug in a URL or even a, a short message. Um, you know, and, and, uh, print it out. One of the things that you'll notice if you do that though, if, you know, you start playing around and you have something fairly short, the boxes are, are considerably larger. You can, yeah. once you've done this a couple of times, you can look at, at a QR code and go, okay, that one has a lot of text in it. And this one over here doesn't just by, just by looking at it and just from the experience of having, having played around with it, you'll be able to tell. But, um, yeah, the Denso Wave website has, uh, some, Information that sort of suggests that, uh, you know, it, it takes some special equipment. And at this point, um, they're so common that, you know, you really don't need anything very special. I mean, you could, you could print them out on, on stickers. They don't have to be, you know, they could be something that you pick up at your office supply store if you wanted to do that or, you know, just a plain piece of paper that you, you know, mm-hmm. put up with a piece of tape. Um, it really doesn't take anything special. You just want to make sure that, uh, that there's not a lot of blurring, but even there, um, marketing companies now that it's become common to use QR codes for these purposes, marketing, uh, companies are starting to experiment with them and add things like color and designs yeah. within that because, uh, again, it sort of depends on how much information you have stored in there. If you don't have very much information, if it's like a, a short URL, the URL to your company, for example, mm. you could put a design that's pleasing to the human eye in there. I've right. seen all kinds of, of things. I actually have, um, Jonathan's sort of craning to see my notes. Here's one, um, I'm showing him one with an elephant ah, made into I see. it. Mashable actually had an article if you want to find it. Um, where, uh, that was made from, uh, I, I, that was written by a Hamilton Chan, I believe. Um, and, uh, his company makes a, a, an iPhone app that, that scans QR codes. But basically you can do things like you can round the corners of the boxes. They don't have to be square. Mm-hmm. You can put images in there as long as it doesn't interfere with the message you're trying to do. Um, you can, you can basically make them into, uh, Re- within reason, you can add some artistic qualities to it and still have right, it readable right. by uh, a QR code reader. And there's some also uh, there's some pretty cool applications that you and I could could put QR codes to. Besides mm-hmm. just you know playfully like I created a secret message. I mean, you could do that. Mm-hmm. There are enough kids out there now who have smartphones. Like I remember back in the day, you would write little secret messages to your buddies using whatever very simple replace code, right? Like, yeah. This symbol means A and this symbol means B. But QR codes give you the option of actually creating a, a message, encoding it in a, into a QR code and then handing it to someone else. And it's only if you have a, a scanner that you're able to read it. Now granted, that's not safe information. Anyone with a scanner would be able to read it. Right. right? You would, you might want to encode it. Yes. You would have to encrypt it as well as, yeah. as, uh, encode it into the, uh, so there'd be encryption and encoding in the same message. Uh, otherwise anyone with a smartphone, anyone with a, uh, uh, Smartphone with a, a, a QR code reader could uh, intercept it. Yes, but 
think of it like this. Like, let's say that I wanted to make new business cards for myself. Okay. I might create a QR code that if you scanned it would take you to a full profile website about myself and it might have my resume. It might have, uh, uh, samples of my writing. It might have, uh, maybe a sample of the podcast. It might have a demo reel of my video work. Mm-hmm. All of that could be, uh, linked to my, my business card. Now I wouldn't want to put all those URLs on a business card. No, because it would just take up too much space and you want a business card to look fairly elegant. Um, now, so you could do that where you have your name and your title and all of that stuff. Or, or if it's a personal business card like the one I was talking about, it might be your name and, and your you know general area of expertise. And the QR code takes care of the rest of it. I've actually seen uh, a friend of mine has a business card um, where all it had was his name on it and the QR code. And you would scan it and it would take you to his website where it had all the rest of the information. Interesting. And, um, yeah, he's, uh, it's Ayaz Akhtar. I, I don't mind saying his name because he's a, uh, uh, he's now a journalist with, uh, This Week in Tech. He's a regular on Tech News Today. So it worked out for him. So <laughs> <laughs> way to go, Ayaz. And, uh, he's a great guy. So I was, and I was blown away when I saw his business card. It was one of the earliest ones I had seen that used the QR code. So he was really on the cutting edge of that as far as the United States is concerned. Keep in mind that again, in Japan, this has been around for a couple of decades. Yeah. But it's only since smartphones have really taken off in the U.S. So we can really kind of point our fingers to the iPhone, I think, and say uh, the iPhone is what led the revolution in the consumer marketplace in the United States for the smartphone to really take off. That's why we're starting to see QR codes everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, um, it is true though that the QR codes are, are so ubiquitous now that, uh, you know, all the major smartphone manufacturers have apps. And you can find, if you're interested in doing this, you can find a free app, I'm pretty sure. I know there's, there are some for iPhone and Android both, and I'm assuming probably for, uh, Blackberry yeah, and, there's, and, uh, there's Blackberry. I'm sure there's WebOS as Web well. WebOS. Um, but you know, as you were saying earlier in the show, um, I mean, we don't want to move too far from QR codes, but in researching this, uh, you know, the Densa Wave website does list some of the others. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I found the FP code service or, uh, standard by, uh, Fujitsu, mm-hmm. which uses, um, basically encodes the, the code inside an image on a poster, um, using yellow ink. Which makes it more or less invisible. It doesn't, it's not as obvious as a QR code. Mm-hmm. Um, and there have been people who are doing this basically using steganography, which is the art of hiding, hiding messages within images. Yeah. So, yeah. so like you could say you had a, uh, um, a poster up promoting your company's business and you just had a picture of whatever it is that you do, the service that you provide mm-hmm. people, you know, going through a business meeting or whatever and, uh, somebody scanned the picture with their uh phone and there may not be overtly a code in there but just by scanning the 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 image uh it would pull up the information just because there's a code embedded within the image which i think is fascinating yeah it's pretty neat stuff but the downside to that and and i i was thinking wow you know this this actually has been out for quite some time the uh the press release um that i read came out years ago mm-hmm. and i was thinking why have you know i've we've heard of qr codes maybe it's that the fp codes aren't um, you know, it's like in in America the same the same thing. We're just not having the adoption rate that we might for the the QR codes. But then I thought, well, this is not quite as useful for marketing, at least not yet, because with the QR codes, you have the 
the colorful symbol, you know, a black and white square that's obvious on the poster. Right. And you know, I'm supposed to scan this. I mean, at least if you have a phone that, that does this. A lot and, of people still don't know. Again, that's why we're doing the podcast. But, but it's, there's no point in embedding a code within an image if people don't think to pick up their phone and scan it. And even, even if you pick up your phone and take a picture of it, you still have to use the right application yes. to interpret that code, right? Like yes. if, if I just take a picture of a QR code, my phone doesn't know that that's, that it needs to decode that information. It's only when I open up specific QR code decoders, mm-hmm. uh, and, and those, that will analyze the the actual information that's within that QR code and then give me the proper response. So you would have to know one that you have to take an image of whatever that poster is or that or that you know any it doesn't even have to be a poster. Um, and two, you would have to use the right the correct application. And if everyone's using a different set of standards, then you would have to have an application for every single company. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You would, it would only be if something had become standardized across multiple companies, uh, like the QR code. Uh, people are using that as a de facto standard. It's not a standard, uh, but it, people are using it as if it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've seen QR codes used even on, uh, uh, in, in, in television. Mm-hmm. Because remember, we watched, uh, <laughs> uh, after we did our, our episode about, um, cyberbullying, we decided to watch the Stephen Colbert and Jimmy ah, yes. Fallon uh, uh, tribute to the song Friday. Yes. And at the end of the song, there was a guy in the back holding a, up a QR code uh, a, a sign. And if you were to pause the video as we did and then use a QR code reader as we did to determine what that was, you would be led to a uh, a special video that Jimmy Fallon made as a thank you to people who had donated to the cause and – uh, uh, and, and just, uh, it kind of rambled. It wasn't sort of like this podcast, but it didn't, it didn't, uh, it, it was interesting that they had done it. It was kind of a cool thing. And you might actually see that. That could be even a neat thing that you start seeing in incorporated into, say, web series. It would be very easy to do. Television and movies, I'd be a, probably, I'm guessing won't happen as often, especially for films, because one, you don't want to encourage everyone to whip their smartphone out and yeah. light up the theater with all the, all those screens. And two, you would have to have it on screen long enough for people to be able to to train their cameras on it. Yeah, um, I wonder so, if it would work from that distance. Yeah, no, I've heard of uh, I've heard of QR codes that are on billboards that could, in at least in theory, on a clear day, be scanned from up to a mile away. Oh, well, sure, on a clear day, you could see forever. I'm good. Oh, you're so, it's so good that you're just out of smacking range. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, it appears that they finally made their, their appearance for good over here. I'm sorry. I used appearance too many times. Um, but yeah, I think, I think they're sort of around to stay for the short term. I, I think they'll yeah. eventually be replaced by something a little bit more, um, so, something less obvious to the eye. But right. it'll take some time for people to get used to the idea that there are hidden messages and there, there are real-life Easter eggs everywhere I go, and all I need to see them is a smartphone. Yeah, it's really just a matter of time before we start seeing smartphones with cameras that have that 
capability already built into the camera feature yeah. where it automatically detects that sort of stuff without yeah. you having to tell it to go to a special uh, a special application. That sort of thing, I mean, we also see it with the augmented reality uh, uh, applications where like the idea of having the facial recognition software so that you can recognize a specific person's face, you create yeah. a profile of that person. I think that's fascinating. Right. And then you would hold, like, let's say I hold up my camera to, to Chris here and I've, I've built in his profile. And then I see floating around his head his Twitter feed or his Facebook feed, uh, which are all empty because he never updates them. But uh, but let's say that you know, that that could be a uh, something that you would build into the camera feature as well. So there may come a day where your basic smartphone camera will have all these features built in specifically to the uh, to the system. Yeah, yeah. Although uh, I hope they uh, the people who make these devices will. Put a uh, an off switch for that because I can see you know taking the family to the amusement park. You get everybody in the shot, and you're you're like, okay, everybody say cheese, and over their shoulder is like, you know, buy so and so soft drink. You're going, yeah, everything is. I don't want that mad. now. I just want to take a photo of my family. I would imagine that you would be able to set layers. I am really hoping. Just like just like with mapping applications where you can look at things like traffic layers and satellite images as opposed to maps. I would imagine. Uh, granted, I'm not the one who's um, designing these things, so we well, you know sometimes the manufacturers go, but everyone wants that, right? <laughs> Kitchen sink—that's what we should throw in there. Uh-huh. Well, let's wrap this up. That's a good discussion on QR codes, and like we said, they're probably just going to get more and more popular or be replaced by a comparable technology that yeah. everyone uses. Because again, smartphones are everywhere. In fact, you know, we're starting to see smartphones take over where uh, where we used to see laptops reign supreme. So that's kind of interesting. Yep. So you guys, if you have any other kinds of cutting edge tech, or actually this isn't really cutting edge because it's been out for a couple of decades, but if you have some technology you would like us to tackle, you think that it's interesting, and you want know more about it let us know you can let us know on uh, twitter or facebook our handle there is techstuffhsw or you can send us an email that address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com and chris and i will talk to you again really soon for more on this and thousands of other topics visit howstuffworks.com to learn more about the podcast click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. the howstuffworks iphone app has arrived download it today on itunes Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?